What's up, rich friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. I don't know about you guys, but now that it's the fall and the days are getting shorter and there's less sun and those flirty summer vibes are fading, it is officially cuffing season. I bet you're starting to think about how nice it would be to have someone to snuggle and drink hot cocoa with when it's cold, right? It is so much fun to cozy up underneath a warm blankie and watch a movie especially if the weather is yucky. But as you start to think about going on some dates, seeing someone more seriously, or diving into a committed relationship where you share a bathroom sink, you're going to want to get your financial priorities ironed out. So today we're going to talk about love and money, how to date better, and how to make sure your financial priorities help make your relationships better, not worse. There's nobody better to help guide us than the queen of dating, a relatively new wifey herself, and host of top podcast, We Met at Acme. Please welcome Lindsay Metzler. Hi. Ah, Lindsay, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, Thank you for making time. So for everybody listening, Lindsay has an incredible podcast called We Met at Acme, and she is what I would dub a dating expert. Um, Linz, can you give us the background? What's your villain origin story? How did you become so good at dating? What made you want to be an expert in this space? Oh, always a villain origin story, <laughs> truly. I was always really into dating. I was always like kind of boy crazy growing up. I went to an all-girls school. Tracks. And yeah, and I was very much a serial monogamist. Okay. And so I thought being a serial monogamist, I know everything about dating, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing that was true was that my friends did come to me for texting advice when it came to dating. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when I turned 27, I was dumped on my 27th birthday out of nowhere. How how long had you been with this person? Not long. It was like a three-monther. But I was like (laughs) shocked because... It was so shocking to me as in my head, I was so good at this. Like what, you know, how did I not see this coming? Blindsided. Then realized, wow, I've actually been bad at this this whole time, (laughs) like terrible. (laughs) And I need to learn more about dating because dating in New York sucks and Mm -hmm. we need to talk about it. So I was like, there needs to be a dating platform like someone has to talk about this was six years ago there was no dating podcast and so I was like I need to talk to someone about dating and record it and and that's how that's my villain villain origin story I love that and so you mentioned you were a serial monogamous I have to ask because I definitely had one did you have a hoe phase oh my god of course (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everyone has had, I mean, I'd be sad for someone who yes, didn't have a hoe I don't phase. trust you if you haven't had one. No, or an ugly phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you're just like, wow, like, th- this was me doing charity work. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when was your hoe phase? I would say like end of college. Okay. You know, I was like, I don't have that much time left in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody that I'm currently meeting or talking to or just hooking up with, I'm like, these are like going to be like dust in the wind. Right, I'm right. I'm moving to New York. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's nothing to lose. Like, let me just have fun. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. I love <laughs> Lots. It. Where did you like meet most of the guys? I would say we were just like going out downtown all the time. And like, I would definitely say that like my group of girlfriends was like, very much cheerleader effect. There were just so many of us. And, you know, when you're all so young and just like the pretty girls in the bar and you're all in a squad of like eight, like people are, it's just like, like gnats to a light. Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? I probably had like two hoe phases. Okay. My first one, I was in a relationship all of high school. Mm -hmm. So when I got to college, naturally, 
Um, of course. The whole face. Well, actually, I was I was loyal. I stayed loyal to him. And then I found out he had a girlfriend at college. A secret girlfriend? A secret I hate girlfriend. That. I know. I hate that. And so then we broke up. And then I had my first hoe phase. And I would say my second hoe phase was like when I was, I don't know, like 23, just like mm-hmm. living in the city. Mm-hmm. Like, and I finally had my own apartment, just living my best life. You Were know? you living by yourself? No, no, no. I oh, had okay. a roommate. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, because I grew up in the city. Okay. So my own apartment without my parents. Love that. Okay, so since we are talking about whole phases and dating and moving to the city, this is the age-old question. You are going on a first date. You have a wonderful time. Delicious Italian meal. You have a little wine. You know, the check comes. Who pays for the first date? Of course, the person who asked you on the date. Mm, yes, okay. Which is, in my situation, the guy. Okay. I would say I ascribe to that same level, like that same philosophy, though I have had like friends and girlfriends be like, well, I spent, you know, $60 on this blowout and like, you know, money on my makeup and my outfit. And like, it doesn't matter who invited, they should pay. Well, me saying that is me saying like, you shouldn't invite the guy on the date. Should not invite the guy. Like he should be inviting you and he should be paying for you. However, I always say that you should do a reach. Oh, like the... Is it like a yeah. fake reach or like a real reach? Well, a kind of a fake reach. Like, <laughs> if, if you shouldn't be like shaking a credit card in front of them, begging them yeah. to accept it. But I do think that it's entitled and rude for a woman to just sit there at the end of the date and say, thanks. Yeah. You okay. know, like try, like attempt. Okay. And then the guy in an ideal world is like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I got it. Okay. Yes. That, that tracks with how my first date with my fiance went. And obviously, we're getting, like, we're going to get married. Obviously, it worked. It it worked. When it comes to dating, you know, money is obviously a very touchy subject. Like, when do you think people should start talking about it? Obviously, the first date is this big moment of, like, who should pay. But say you're going on more dates. Say you're starting to, like, you know, think about actually liking this person. Like, when do finances come into play for you? And when when do you think they should come into play for other people? I'm actually so curious what you have to say about this. Maybe I'll wait to ask you on my podcast. But I think that the sooner the better. Yes. Agreed. I think that it's like the longer you wait, the more awkward it becomes because people make assumptions about the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, And a lot of the time that can be untrue. And I've been in relationships where they never told me what they made. Oh, really? Yes. And it was like, that was just a part of why, like, of a lot of red flags, but that's certainly one, I think. Did you ask and they wouldn't tell you, or mm-hmm. like, you just never, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Well, what happened was, like, they, they wanted to start splitting things very early on. Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted to split dinners almost like the second, if not a little bit before we became official. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine splitting like hotels on trips and flights and things like paying for our own flights, whatever. But dinners, I think it's tacky to split. Like, yeah, there's just no reason to like I'll get the Uber. I'll like I'll get DoorDash when we order. But like if we're going out to dinner, like guy and girl, like you should be paying for dinner. I love that. So it's not like tit for tat. No. But, you know, do your part. Don't be a complete freeloader. Like you should cover other things. Or, you know, I think something that me and my fiance did was like he would cover dinner one night and then the next time we went out I would be like I'll I'll pick up the pen. right but yeah. at least you're not splitting Split it the... because that is just so unattractive and like yes. waitresses would look mm. at us and like be, feel bad for me and so that would happen and then I was like well like you know I want to talk to you about this because I feel like you clearly make more money than me mm-hmm. you know at this time I was making like 
definitely less than 100K and he was definitely making more. <laughs> and I was like, you definitely, you know, you make more than me because I know you make six figure yeah. figures. And he was like, well, like, no, because also like I have to pay for this. And then I, and then so afterwards, but like he would never, he just would never say what it was that he made. Oh, I don't love that, that someone that you're trying to build a life with would be so cagey with you, just like on anything, mm -hmm. frankly. So like when you're trying to suss out someone's financial situation, and I think it's a good idea to do this, not in like a, I hate when people are like, oh, gold digger, like it's, that's not a thing. But when you are trying to get a sense of someone's financial picture, if they're financially stable, whatever, like, how do you approach that? Mm. And I'm so, I'm so curious, why don't you think gold digger is a thing? Because I think that in life, everything is, you know, in a sense, transactional. And like, we don't call crusty old men like appearance diggers. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, what was the headline? Like Al Pacino just, just like, had a baby, baby yeah. with his girlfriend. And I'm like, no one's shitting on Al Pacino for being a creepy old guy who who's you know, impregnating someone who's almost 60 years his junior. Mm. But like, I'm sure there are certain people being like, his girlfriend is a gold digger. She's only with him for the money. And it's like, he's only with her because she's hot. Right. That I agree with. But what do you think about people who like are almost open about not dating anyone but billionaires? I think that is... And they are bringing nothing to the table. Oh, I don't like that at all. Because here's the other thing. People talk about dating rich guys like it's a sport and so easy for everyone. But I just watched a video on TikTok. Ugh, I can't remember her last name, but her first name was Mary. This creator was basically talking about how like, it's not that easy to date these uber rich men, you know, in a heteronormative relationship because you don't have proximity to them anyway. Like what, what would make them want to date you? Like what do you bring to the table? Like, are right. you smart? Do you mm -hmm. come from a family and business that's going to be able to help them with their career? Do you, you know, have like a really cool personality? Do you do something that they want to be a part of? Like maybe like a food scene, like you're a chef or like you're in the music business and they want to like, you know, get tickets to concerts. Like what do you bring? Right. But that's assuming that this is a nice, like normal billionaire yeah. as opposed to us <laughs> talking about like the billionaires that Shannon, you know, yes, talk, yes, our friend yes. Shannon talked about sometimes, which sometimes billionaires just want like a pretty girl who's going to look the other way yes. when they do their shady billionaire yes. shit. Definitely. You know, I think if anybody, regardless of gender, brings nothing to the table and has these expectations that someone's just going to provide for them and like do things for them, whether it be financially, whether it be like, you know, labor wise, effort wise, like it's icky. Like yeah. you're in a relationship. It's a two way street. You right. should it, like you should not be giving five and they're giving 95. Like it should be. I'm not saying every single day is 50 50. Like there are some days that like I'm not feeling well and my fiance gives 80 and I give 20 and other days where he's not feeling well and I give 80 and he gives 20. Right. Totally. Yeah. But I think going back to your original question of like, how do you suss out their situation without seeming like a gold digger, even though that's not a thing that we really believe in. <laughs> I think that for us, like with my husband and I, it started to come. Well, actually, we started talking about um, our like how our salaries and things like that on our second date randomly because mm. Because we were talking about the per like the thing that I mentioned to you about how I dated someone who like never told me what they made. My husband had just started a job at a startup from Goldman. Mm -hmm. And so he clearly took a huge Pay salary cut. cut. Yeah. And so he was like, well, I hope you know right now that I have no money. Like I make nothing. And so that was like a funny icebreaker, you know. And then the way that 
I actually found out his his financials, and I'm sure this would have come up earlier if he had, let's say, debt or something like yeah. that. Luckily, luckily, he did not. But was that when we were moving in together, we were like, let's put it all, like, let's get financially naked, yes. as they say, let's put it all on a spreadsheet and see what we have and and what kind of apartment we can actually afford. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you're moving in together, I feel like is the time. It's a little hard to do it naturally before mm-hmm. then. I'm curious, like, how you would do it before the moving in together thing. I would say that I typically don't necessarily need you to get fully financially naked unless I've decided that we are going to exclusively date each other. However, I do like to like just ask questions that are like, hey, if money wasn't a factor, what would you do for a living? Mm. So that gives you a really good sense of like what someone values or, you know, what's your dream vacation? Because if someone says like their dream vacation is to go to Miami and party for a week, you you have like, yeah, I know, ew. But like you have a very good sense of what they like to do for fun. Or if someone's like, oh, well, I'd love to, you know, go to the south of France and like go on a yacht trip for a week. Like that's also a very different conversation. Right. That's actually a really good call. I think the vacation conversations, the first trip together conversations, that's when you can actually naturally talk about finances before the move in. Right. And it's not icky because because in theory, you should be splitting this trip somehow, maybe not, you know, down the middle, but like you got to see who's financing this thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, amazing. And in your earlier dating days, have you ever made a major financial mistake? Yes, but it didn't have to do with dating. Does it have to have to do with dating? I want. I'm curious now what your mistake was. Yeah. But I was like, curi- also curious, like if you had just made any like love tangential, like money bought mistake. bought something for a guy who yes. like, didn't deserve it. Yes. Oh no, I'm not a gift giver. <laughs> I mean, I am. Why I am once like. We're in an official relationship mm-hmm. and you deserve it. <laughs> but like I would never try to win a guy over with a gift. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if – I mean like maybe the biggest mistake in that in a date sense was like taking someone to a sporting event oh. that like they ended up sucking. And mm. like I was like, Ugh, they weren't worth the ticket type yeah, thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I did also actually, this was crazy. My friend was dating this guy who's now married to a celebrity. I'll tell you afterwards. Ooh. And his younger brother, so the guy who's now married to the celebrity's younger brother, okay, okay, asked me out. So it was like a double date okay. that we went on to a... But wait, did you go on the double date with the celebrity? No, no, no. Oh, okay. She came later. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My friend was dating Got him. It. Now okay. he's married to a celebrity. Okay. So they took us to an, a Mets game, which I don't even oh, like fun. the Mets. Oh, okay. I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. It's a fun first date, you know? And I go and they, at the end of the date, Venmo me for my ticket. Oh, my God. Dude, I don't want to go to a fucking Mets, Mets game. game. And sorry, can I curse? <laughs> and I, like, didn't even want to go out with your younger, weird brother. Like, not weird. I mean, he was nice. But what? Like, and so that was a financial loss for sure. The one I was telling going to tell you about, I, like, had a party at Acme mm-hmm. when I had just kind of released the podcast. And, like... Obviously, you probably would have been able to know that like Acme should pay me to have a party there. Yes. You know, like yes. I'm like branding for them. I paid them to have the party <laughs> and it was so expensive and such a waste of money. And like I ended up getting blackout drunk. Um, <laughs> I was drinking at the time and like it was just I was like, I have to make the most of it. It's an open bar, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but it was a waste of money. Mm, OK, I think that's a really good one. It's like don't overextend your business for appearances, especially in situations where you can take 
advantage of your branding and your marketing mm-hmm. to really get things, maybe not even just like, you know, everything comped, but at least right, a partnership versus, exactly. you know, you giving away all of this free press for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Venmo thing. Can I tell you the ickiest thing that has ever happened to me? Tell me. This is why um, even before I met my fiance, I stopped dating lawyers. Um, This guy and I had gone on a couple dates. It had been going well. We had plans for that night or like it was like a Friday night or Saturday night. We had dinner plans. And out of nowhere, I get a Venmo of them Venmoing me like $200. And then I get the text after the Venmo and it was like, Hey, big case just came up at work. Like, can't meet you. Like, can't like can't make dinner anymore. Like, go with a girlfriend. <gasps> and I think he thought it was going to be, like, a turn on because he was essentially, like, replacing that quality time with money. But in fact, it was the biggest turn off I had ever experienced because it just, like, made me – it was, like, literally, like, that like that section of, like, That's So Raven where she has, like, a flashback to, or, like, yeah, not a flash yeah. forward to the future. Like, I literally saw the future and I was, like, this guy is going to constantly try and replace a real relationship with, like, money. Right. Because he has it. Right. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I actually think that, like, if – you had already known him well, had mm-hmm. already been dating. And even the Venmo I still wouldn't be okay with. But, like, if he gets you a gift because he feels bad, yes. that's even better than just throwing money mm-hmm. at the problem. Like, mm-hmm. that's just weird and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wasn't going out with you because I was wanting a nice dinner. Yeah. Like, w- what do you think about me? Yeah, it was so yucky, especially because he was a lawyer and I was working on Wall Street at the time. I was like, I am, you know, not desperate for this nice yeah, dinner. Yeah, like, like I probably make more than you, you loser. <laughs> I definitely didn't. Yeah, but, that's but still, okay. but still. I want to know, what is the worst date you've ever been on? I can't tell you. What do your friends call you? I was going to call you Viv, but I was yeah, like, I don't know fine. if you hate that. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you, Viv, how often I get yeah. this question and how much I wish my answer was better. <sighs> It's not that exciting. Like, there was a guy who, like, was really politically uncomfortable and just, like, made those kinds of comments. I guess there was another one where I embarrassed myself and I thought we were vibing at the end of the date. I was like, you know, you can kiss me now. And then he didn't. And that was really cringe. But other than that... um, I haven't really been on that many horrible dates or like I just blacked them out of my life because oh, okay, I yeah. was like You just like control, alt, delete. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, great. okay, that's that's a fair answer. I was going to say because the New York City like dating pool is like so toxic, some mm. people have like insane stories. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Now like a few others are like sparkling into my head. Like there was this one guy who told me that I sound like a farmer. It was like mid-date. We, I, we were like vibing and he's like, you know, I like you, but but you kind of sound too much like a farmer. Also, like, justice for farmers. Yeah. What's wrong with farmers? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it was really annoying and bizarre. Ugh. Okay, so you go on some of these meh dates, but you meet our amazing startup husband. Nowadays, do you mind me asking, how do you guys split expenses? Great question. Um. So we pretty much split everything mm-hmm. except for he takes me out to dinner. You're really a stickler for dinner. Oh, yeah. You love dinner. So this is less about, like, the principle and more about, like, me continuing to feel turned on by him. (laughs) And I would be, like, 
turned off if mm-hmm. I was paying for our dinner. It's like it would just turn me off. Like that, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just like a thing that would turn me off. He also, I, I don't know. I feel like I pay for groceries or sometimes I'll put them on our joint credit card. So we have a joint credit card mm-hmm. and then we have our own cr- yes. credit cards and accounts. So Yours, like a joint, mine, and ours. A joint, I love exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Okay. What are, what are you guys going to do? We, we currently, since we own our home together, mm-hmm. we do the same system. We have yours, mine, and ours. Mm-hmm. And then um, to your point, like things like rent and mortgage and groceries go on that joint card. Mm-hmm. But you know what's so funny? My fiance also pays for dinner. Really? Yeah. And like I'm saying this as someone who like we have, you know, a place in Florida and I pay the full rent on that by myself. But Dinner. Dinner. He pays for dinner. I think that's really hot. Like, I don't think that ever goes out of style. I yeah. really don't. Just, like, having them pick up the check, them sign it, them have to do the math on the yeah. 20% tip. And, and, by the way, I don't think that that's, like, just for hetero relationships. Like, mm-hmm. my two best friends, like, are in a gay couple, and one of them always pays for dinner. And that's just how it is. And, like, that's cute. Like, that's what they like. And I think it's fine for, like, one person to be, like, the person who takes the other person out every time i think that's Mm. fine i think it's attractive i think it's whatever you want you know i like that i like that a lot and i want to pivot i'm not sure if you actually follow this person but there's a creator who lives in new york and she does a series on where you can meet rich men out and about oh in new york city are we naming can we name names i literally can't remember what her name is okay okay which is like so unfortunate we'll find her Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about, you know, dating rich men, going back to our gold digger conversation, like mm. what like what is your perspective, your POV on that? Mm-hmm. I would never look for somebody who's rich. Mm-hmm. That's like not my vibe. Mm-hmm. But I want someone who's ambitious for sure. Okay. Um, and I think that you know, I I know that the majority of my friends, like, that would be important. I, I think it also depends when you meet the person. Like, my friends who met their now husbands in and partners in college, like, they weren't even thinking about right, that even right, a little right, bit. Right. I think when you're, like, a woman or man, you know, dating in your late 20s, early 30s, whatever, it's more important to find someone. And I don't want to say rich, but I want to say on your level. Mm. If you are someone who has nothing going on your bring nothing to the table and you want to find someone rich that's not that doesn't do it for me like yeah. I'm like I do, do like what it's all about like if you have a list of what's important to you and on your list is like rich man six four <laughs> like good family like has all his hair I'm like do you have all your hair are you tall are you rich like do you have a good family you yeah. know because it's yeah. like I think that Finding something that you feel is equal or that you deserve is one thing. But like just asking for a rich man because everybody wants a rich man is like, well, like, why do you deserve this person? It reminds me of what um I know you're friends with her too, but shout out high tanks. Um, water meets its own level. Yeah. It's like you need to find someone who like maybe necessarily isn't like that quote unquote rich man in your life, mm. but just someone that like can keep up with you. Totally. And I think it's fair to want somebody on your level and I think it's fair for men to want that I think it's fair for women to want that I think there's all is so fair in that situation have you ever dated a man who made significantly less than you Mm. yes actually can we can we know the details yeah yeah yeah. it's not that exciting um (laughs) 
he uh, goes back to the startup. He was also a startup guy. You really love the startup guys. I guess guys. so. <laughs> I like my entrepreneurs. He was a startup guy. We were 25 mm-hmm. and I had just started a social media consulting agency mm-hmm. and I was making the most money I had made so far. I had like a bunch of different clients on retainers for like anywhere from three to five thousand dollars a month. And I was like thriving. And, yeah, and, that's amazing. Um, it was so awesome. And he had literally no money. He was taking zero salary and he had started like a salad shop and it did not turn out to be sweet green no unfortunately (laughs) for him it did not but he had nothing and I will say he had like family money so I didn't like you know Mm -hmm. I I still was like upset that he wasn't paying for anything because I was like well you have some but yeah um, but yeah, it was very, it was very much like I was making more and, and still actually right now I'm making more than my husband because he's also a, still in a startup situation. We love a wifey out earning her man. I Is it the same for you? Yeah. I love that. Oh my God. Can we high five? <laughs> you guys, we just touched hands over the table. Um, but I, what I will say is like when I met my fiance, we were both like young people in finance. So we were making roughly around the same amount of money. Over the next like two or three years, he significantly outpaced me and mm. earned significantly more. And it wasn't until I actually went to tech and media and I had a digital media strategy, a sales job that by the end of my time in media and tech, I was making more than he was. Mm. And then now with my business, I make more than he does. And both of us have kind of like really leveled up in our careers. And it feels like we've built this little life together, which is why, you know, he really does feel like a good partner. Right. Because we liked each other when we were like living in the East Village and like, you know, it was like grimy. Right. But my question for you, and this is a question that's on my list to ask you when you come on my podcast, so I might have to repeat it. But do you, are you cool with that? Or do you ever, would you like for it to change at some point? You know, I'm actually really cool with it because... Admittedly, I want to be really honest. I don't know how I would have felt about it had he never made more money than me. Mm. But when he made more money than me, never not once did he ever make me feel bad about it. When we came to splitting things like rent or groceries, we would pay proportionally. So it wasn't 50-50. He was like, it's fine. Like, I make more money than you. He was. He's never, ever indicated any sort of stinginess. He's always been super duper generous, both with like money, but like also with like his time, his effort, you know, just like his brain, like when I ask him questions. And so now I just feel like that precedent has been set and we've almost been like conditioned to support each other in that way. Yeah, but do you ever feel like it's harder for a woman who makes more money to not be, um, I don't want to say protective of your money, but like to not want to like give it all to like your joint account? Because like, because just like historically, it was so hard for us to like be the breadwinners. Yeah. That almost like you're like holding onto it with dear life. You're like, I like, why should I give this to a man? You know, it's just different than like a man would never think, why should I give this to a woman? Because that's like their, their right or that's what they've been taught you know can i ask you an honest question Mm -hmm. when you and your husband got married did you get a prenup so i saw this on the list and (laughs) we actually did not but i have i have backup of why okay um first of all like the the prenup laws in new york city are strong Mm -hmm. meaning sorry like the marriage laws so like if we if like we did get a divorce like we would be you know it would be like the standard yeah right and second of all it's so funny because a lot of people like think this about me like i've read it somewhere online but like i don't i'm not coming into any sort of inheritance Mm. and i think that that's like a big why do you think people think that about you 
I think because like my parents like have a house in the Hamptons. Okay. People think that like that means I have an inheritance. Like people are just very, um, you know, socially like, judgy. It, well, not even socially judgy, but like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when you take something. And like you know Amelia Bedelia, that old book. Yes. Like almost literally like very literal. Yeah. yeah like okay. They like they just think, okay, this means this. Yes. And there's no other way that it can mean anything else. Yeah. And so we both were like coming into our marriage with the same thing. And like I just I listen, like I'm not it's so funny because like I will say, like, yeah, prenups are good and I believe in them. And like I think it's important to to have one. Mm-hmm. I just think my husband and who he is. He's so, like, first of all, romantic and, like, so sweet. And, like, I truly think that even if, God forbid, like, I, you know, he cheated on me or I cheated on him or there was some horrible, horrific ending to our marriage, I still believe that he would want, like, a complete, you know, down the middle, like, nothing, like, not try to take any of my money or vice versa. And that's just, like, the history in both of our families. Like, Mm. there have never been prenups. Like, it has always worked out. And I think that there was a part of him that, like, didn't want to take away that romance. And I like I'll tell you straight up like I was like I think we should have a prenup you know and he was like I really don't think and and it wasn't for any like I I know how like <laughs> you're <Sorry>. hearing it <laughs> but Lindsay's it looking at my face right yeah, now but it wasn't for any like uh, you know shady reason on his end like I think if anyone's gonna be a billionaire between the two of us it's him mm-hmm. I think if anyone's gonna be fucked by this it's him right mm-hmm. but he didn't want it and you know what and I, I've said this on an episode of my podcast like I'm I stand by that like I'm never like oh I really you know think we fucked up it's not too late you know but by the way like we could always get a post up but that's that's what it is yeah okay I like that I asked because mm-hmm. when you were talking about how as a woman when you work so hard to like right. get that money mm-hmm. like you want to protect it I want to, like, be a romantic for a second. Yeah. I feel like I would not have been able to build my business without my man. Mm -hmm. Because when I had been doing it for a year and three months full time, um, or a year and three months while working my full time job, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to quit my job. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I just stop making content? Do I stop doing this? And we sat down and we had a very serious conversation. And he was like, listen you can quit your job. I make more than enough money to support the two of us. If you don't make a dollar next year, then in the year following, you have to go back to work, but I can support us for the next year. Right. And I would not have been able to take that leap or that, you know, just even have the confidence to do that had he not existed in my life. Like Mm -hmm. if I was single, I would not have done that. Yeah. I think that's crazy. And now, you know, all of the things that have gone into our relationship before the marriage so like all of the dinners he's paid for the fact that like you know i had more savings because he was paying for some of those things like i put a little bit more money into our house but we're still 50 50 partners in the house like going into our marriage everything we want just to be 50 50 and then you know we're gonna have a prenup and ours is basically gonna say we are 50 50 partners on everything if this doesn't end up working except 
for the ownership of my business, which mm-hmm. 100% stays with me. Mm-hmm. So yes, I definitely get what you're saying when you say you want to protect the business. But in terms of like just protecting cash, like maybe this is naive of me, but my thought is, is like, I can always make more money. The thing that I have to protect is really the IP. Yeah, I get that 100%. So that wouldn't be the case for us because I haven't changed my name yet. And I'm curious mm-hmm. what you're doing. I'm not going to. Yeah, because I haven't changed my name yet. And my business is like completely in my name. It's my LLC. He is no access to it. We actually were on a call recently with our accountants and they were suggesting that I change from an LLC to an S Corp. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, they would need to put his name on the business. And he was like, don't put my name Mm -hmm. on it. It's completely hers. And like, I don't want to even like be able to like have that, you know? Yeah. And so he is like number one supporter of like, this This is is yours. And like, I'm so you know, it's so amazing that you have this thing. And like, this is mine, you know, for his business. Like, I don't want to be on his payroll either. And I think that we're, especially now as both being entrepreneurs, like we we understand that more than anything. I think it'd be one thing if like one of us were like a stay at home and, you know, completely relying on the other. But I think, I don't know. And like, again, I don't need to be convinced that a prenup is a good idea. Like, I I do think that it is. This is just why we don't have it. And, you know, that can always change. It might never change. And and we'll see how it goes. So, unfortunately, this podcast is now about to take a turn for the negative. I want to talk about what happens if your name is Ariana and your disgusting cheating boyfriend of 10 years I was just listening to your podcast on this. <laughs> um, no but basically the the premise is like mm-hmm. you know when it comes to cheating mm-hmm. and money yeah what are your thoughts on if you're not married you don't have a prenup but like you know you're living together things happen like what are your thoughts around the finances that surround that mm-hmm. I feel like my take is a bit controversial but I think like cheating and and like the house you own are two totally separate Mm. entities like I don't think that let's say Tom and Ariana sell their house that like Tom shouldn't get half of the money because he cheated you know Mm. it's like the same thing as like you should still be able to hang out with your kids if you cheated on your wife right like I don't think it's like binary I don't know what do you think you know I think it's really complicated, especially if their finances are intertwined. Like if she was investing in, you know, their new bar, restaurant thing, whatever. I don't disagree with your concept of like, oh, the house should still be able to be split and he should get some proceeds of that. But I'm just, I guess like I'm a little torn. Like I feel like if you fuck up the relationship, like shouldn't you have to suffer a small financial setback or, you know, hurdle because of that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about it. I know that like when there isn't a prenup and somebody, let's say the man cheats on the mm-hmm. woman, because that's like, you know, what happens, I would say probably more often. Yeah. Um, and then the woman like cleans him out for everything. Like yeah. that's like, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Like that sounds, <laughs> that sounds good to me. But that's usually the case where like they've been together for 35 years yeah. and like she's raised their kids. And I think that it's so situational you know like she deserved that she's been a fucking trooper and he's just a 
slimy ass, you know, but in the Tom and Ariana situation, like, it's not it's not that I'm not team Ariana. Ariana. Let me be clear (laughs) and loud and clear. I'm team Ariana. But I think that's a different situation than, you know, married kids have put XYZ into the relationship. Like, and I will say she is benefiting. She Mm. is getting money. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we have to worry about her. She is in every ad on my television. I love it. And and like every ad I see, I'm like, yes, go girl. Like, I'm I'm not mad about it. Never. So speaking of people like Tom Sandoval, have you noticed an overpopulation, like an algae algae bloom of overgrown man children Mm. in major metro cities who I would say like stay single just like a touch past their prime and then basically scurry to find a partner? And I don't want to say like use their money to like trick someone into marrying them, but like use their money into tr- I mean, tricking someone to marrying them. I hope they're not listening to this, but a lot of my husband's friends, yeah. a lot of my husband's <laughs> friends, these oh, are guys no. who are very smart, very mm-hmm. successful. They went to HBS, okay? Mm-hmm. They, and you have to say HBS, Harvard Business School. <laughs> they're now anywhere between 35, uh, 34, 35, 36, and they, they are lonely. And, Mm -hmm. like, they want love. Mm -hmm. I don't think – I wouldn't say that they're using their money to get it. They're not. But they are, like, wanting that. And the only people around, like, that are available to them are, like, Mm 25-year-olds. And then the 25-year-olds are, like, idiots. And they're, like, oh, shit, you know? And so, like, they are in this predicament for sure that you describe. Do you think that, like – having money contributes to that though like in your 20s like if you have money you can have a lot more fun you don't necessarily need to focus so intently I guess on like finding a partner because I will say finding a partner and moving in together like my fiance did with me a month into dating me crazy I can't believe it actually worked oh my god I can't wait Um, to hear this story (laughs) uh, but basically like I feel like if you have less money you're actually more inclined to date because you're like oh I can like save I can, like, you know, cut costs. But if they have this money, then they're like, oh, I'll just, like, stay single for longer and longer. And then they're like, oh, shoot, every single one of my friends is married except for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I it's like mo' money, mo' problems, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that can be the case. I mean, I know a lot of them after going on all, like, the crazy business trip vacations, which you do in your – sorry, business school vacations. When you're in business school, you go and you travel the world. Like, that continued once they graduated. Like, they were, like, Got it. wanting to go to Tulum. They wanted to, like, go here. They wanted to go there. And I think think that um, it was like hard for them to like, stay in one place and like focus on and maybe that was because they had like so much disposable income to spend and have fun with. Mm. That's really nice. Like a good take. Not that that's nice. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I moved into a one bedroom apartment with my fiance uh, because it was a this is backing up. Me and my roommate got an apartment on Mulberry Street and It was amazing. It was our dream apartment. Two bedrooms, very small but quaint. And it ended up being a (gasps) roach-infested apartment from hell. I've heard this from so many friends recently. It's so painfully true to, like, like, everybody knows someone who with a story. Mm -hmm. But I was dating my fiancé, and she was dating this guy. And I moved in with my fiancé literally a month into us knowing each other. And he had a roommate, and they had, like, a sort of, like, a one-bedroom flexed into two-bedrooms situation. And I moved in with them, and she moved in with her boyfriend. And after a month, we found a new apartment. We were able to break our lease, things like that. Me and my boyfriend – well, me and my fiancé have now been together for over six years. And she and her boyfriend broke up literally the day after she moved out. Stop. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That was her true test. That was the true test. And – 
you know, I think in certain instances, especially in New York, people jump to move in with each other probably sooner than they should. Because of the rent situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rent's so expensive here. Yeah, it's just like not a romantic way, reason to move in with someone at all. Yeah. And I know we are starting to run out of time, but I want to end on a high note, talking of romance, of all the dates you've ever been on, which was the best and why. I mean, obviously, I have to say my husband. I was literally going to be like, what if she says that's not her husband? That's going to be so awkward. But I'm saying it because it's true. We went on so many dates in the first, you know, few months that we were dating that were just like we were vibing on those mm-hmm. dates. Um, one of them, we went to Don Angie, oh, which was such a hard reservation to get at the time, especially. And we went, we had the best dinner and I opened up about like a kink I had. <laughs> And he like totally played into it and was like so into it. And the rest of the night we kind of like, I wouldn't say role played, but like, you know, did something similar about whatever that kink was. And we were just like, like loving each other that night. It was like maybe our like seventh or eighth date. We were just really into each other. And we walked home. It was like the perfect night. We ran into so many people. You know those like New York City nights where you just run into everyone and like in the West Village. Like we just ran into everyone, every block. And it was just like so fun. We felt like the mayors, like, you know, it was just like this really fun vibey night. So that was a good one that we'll like always remember. Oh, that's such a nice, sweet date. And uh, as we wrap up, do you have any final advice for our listeners to be more effective, more financially savvy daters? Mm, that's why That's why you're here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to ask you that. Um, I would say it's really important to have your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, obviously, like if you're a stay-at-home mom, like I love that, respect you for that. But but even so, I think like have something of your own. Maybe it's like your own like friends independent of mm-hmm. your significant other. I think just having your own thing, especially financially, but like in general, is very freeing. And you should be able to and you should feel comfortable spending money because you made it. And like that's the goal. And I remember I used to like go into intermix when I was like 10 and be like, one day I'm going to be able to buy something here. <laughs> and like now that I can unfortunately intermix went under but like (laughs) i'm like now that i can like this is like truly the best feeling and it didn't just like happen like i made it happen and and so i feel like that's so cool and it made me more confident when it came to dating and and all the things um so yeah i love that very mom i am a rich man yes yes Okay, Lindsay, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me wherever you listen to podcasts. We met at Acme or we met at Acme on Instagram. And my personal is Linz Metz. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Your Rich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!